Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com apply. That's Amazon.com apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. It is Bruva Blue. It's Thursday. Hope everybody's doing okay out there, staying safe. And I am absolutely delighted to say joining me for this edition is Everton's greatest captain, our most successful captain. It's Kevin Ratcliffe. Kevin, thanks very much for coming on. Uh, no problem. Uh, first I'm doing too much. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like us all. Uh, before, we, before we get into everything in general, uh, before we hit record there, you just showed it off there. We've got to talk about the mug you've got. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, retro text or something it is, and uh, so so it's effectively they've got a Bayern Munich one. Yeah, and then well, they've got sorry the the Bayern Munich one. Then they've got all the lads on it as well, um, and I think you can get it in all sorts of whatever you ask for. I think they can do something yeah. uh, by all accounts, but uh, they do an individual one as well if you want. But uh, this is what they actually sent me a few biscuits with it as well. But they've gone. <laughs> yeah, if, they've you know, if anyone. Gone. If anyone wants to send one to us, it's absolutely fine as well. I'll have a biscuit, some biscuits in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's got the, the C-fax of the 3-1 the against Bayern Munich on one side and pictures of all the lads That's on right. the right. Then it's got a picture of all the team that played, all the, uh, plus Howard. So there's 12, 12 uh, figures. Is, uh, is there anyone on there who missed... Anywhere on there who missed out, he might be a bit annoyed that he missed out on, on that, that 11. No, no, I think, it's, I think it's just the team that played. So yeah. Go. Obviously, that's what they've gone on. Um, is there's no like Alan Harper, Kev Rich, um, who were part of that squad? But it looks like the eleven that played. I can't even. I don't even think there was a sub in that game, was there? Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Think we made a sub. Yeah, yeah. Which is quite remarkable, really, when you think about it. Yeah. How the yeah. game changed. That uh, you know that these days, it's it, you bring on a sub and the sub changes games, doesn't it? And the better the team you are, the more chance. You've got yeah. changing the game with the subs. Absolutely. Do you know what? I, I, I told my dad I was, yesterday I was going to be speaking to you today, Kevin. He was dead excited, saying, "Oh, you know, asking this, asking that." You'll probably be watching this, and they're probably going to kill me for speaking about your mug. <laughs> you can't have another one over the great successes. <laughs> He's probably watching this, going, "What are yeah. you talking about?" Uh, we'll get on to that later. Yeah, yeah. All the things I've done, and then you're asking me about. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, we'll get on to that later, obviously, um, in that regards. But, but first and foremost, um, 
I think everybody out there, every editor, everybody out, out there will want to know. How are you doing? How are you finding things at the moment? Yeah, I'm finding it okay. I mean, I've been stuck in Spain um, and just got back after being there for eight weeks. So uh, my wife broke a foot, second day in oh, the trip. sorry to hear that, 8th, yeah. 8th of March we went. 10th of March she fell off some step ladders and fractured three bones in her foot. So we've been self-isolating <laughs> since then. Mm. Um, she she weren't going out the apartments and uh, couldn't get a, a, a certificate to fly to start with. So we changed the flights for April, and then obviously that was looking like no chance of taking off. Mm. Um, in fact, they, they shut Malaga Airport. So we then had a flight. We were supposed to go back out again in in May. So we had a flight coming back on the 15th. So we kept the 15th flight to come back, but that looked. You know, that looks nowhere near either. Mm. So we changed it. Um, I think there's three flights a week coming out of uh, Gibraltar. Okay. Um, but the prices were ranging anything from 400 quid to about two grand um, oh. each. So, uh, I well, you know, if you've got your own apartment, you can stay in the apartments. It's, you've got to do the same here. You couldn't go out. In fact, it was a lot stricter there. So mm. we have all the amenities, you know, TV and all that sort of stuff. British TV, so that it was we we're quite it was quite fine staying there, and then we got back Sunday, but we had to fly into Heathrow, and our car was at Manchester Airport. So oh, the good thing about the Manchester Airport one, yeah, the meet and greet at Manchester Airport had actually waived all fees um, because they had something like three hundred, nearly four hundred cars waiting to be picked up. So um, yeah, it, it's a bit of an ordeal, but uh, we're glad we're back now. I mean, yeah. you've had better weather than what we've had. <laughs> it's been um, good, but it's, it's, been, it's been it's been that frustrating, though, as you can imagine. You know, I'm sure it was the same well, the, for, the, for the, you guys there. Yeah. The part about it would have been in Spain if it was nice. You couldn't go anywhere and enjoy it anyway. So yeah. it, you know that was the the good thing. It's it, uh, you you stayed in whatever. <laughs> so so know yeah. that it wasn't too good outside. Then mm. you know you couldn't go, try to get out. You couldn't even go for a walk there. Yeah. You didn't have that sort of, um, you know, exercise right to go and exercise for an hour. Um, uh, the furthest you could go would maybe the bins. <laughs> drop yeah. your, your bin off. Yeah, probably gets quite boring after a while that as well. Going <laughs> back and forth to the bin, I imagine. Well, I but, well when you do 76 episodes of uh, The Sopranos, uh, oh. and then you find out the ending's not what you want it to be. Oh, did um, you not like the ending? I, I quite like the ending. Well, I read up on it. And there was a there was a writer's strike, wasn't it? Mm. In that in that period after two oh eight, two ten, um, and they were going to do another series. So obviously he's not got killed. Uh, then he fell out with whoever the writers were, or the producers, or that one of the one of the lot. That that is it, David Gandalfi or James Gandalfi. James Gandalfi. Yeah, yeah. James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he fell out with them. A bit of a contract dispute, uh, and then he died in nineteen uh, two thousand and thirteen. Mm. So they weren't going to make another series then, were yeah. they? Uh, no, no, I think they're going to try and make a film, but I was a bit disappointed in the end um, because it, it left it to your imagination mm. uh, of what happened. Um, so when you've done seventy six of them right the way through, you start thinking, well, wh what else are you going to watch? So I started watching that uh, Ozark. Uh, but only that's, got in, yeah, that's on my list. Half yeah. an hour into it, and I, I, I wasn't really didn't bite me, you know, and say, "Oh, I want to watch the next one." 
Um, so we'll have to try and get into something else. We've done most of the things that well, I've never done Killing Eve. That would have been, I suppose, good. Um, but I, I tried watching that when that I started watching that when it first came out. I didn't get it. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. I didn't know if it was a drama, if it was a comedy, or what. I just didn't get it. So you know, when you don't get something. Um, but uh, if you if you want to go to what if you want to watch a good one, the good one was a stranger. I'm not seeing that one. It's a yet. Netflix one. Yeah, um, it's British made, um, and it, it's really good. But eight, I think there's only eight series, eight eight episodes. So yeah, it's not bad. Always leaves you wanting to, you know, see the next, What's the next, next one? one. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's so, so many twists in it, and it, it's sending you off in different ways, and then it comes together at the end. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, of course, Killer Eve starring Top Toffee, Jodie Comer as well. Another, another yeah. reason to, to, to watch it. Uh, but it's interesting, you mentioned The Sopranos there. I've, I've just started listening to a, a podcast, which is, um, I don't know if you've seen it on, on Twitter, but it's, it's Michael Imperioli who plays Chris and Steve Schaefer yeah. who plays Bobby Bacalar. And they're sort of going back and, and wa- I'm watching every episode oh, nice. and having yeah. a conversation about it after each one. So it sort of made me want to go yeah, back yeah. and watch it, watch it all again. So I'm, you know, sort of watching episodes. He reminds you, uh, uh, the Chrissy in it. Um, he reminds you of so many different people in life that you've yeah. come across or sort of seen. Um, I, I, I put him up there with um, the, the lead singer from Depeche Mode. You know, <laughs> yeah. I think that. Oh, hold on a minute, he's acting now. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that'd be a good podcast if you want a really good podcast. You know. To listen to is the long man, and his name, it, the lad who does it, he used to play football. Um, Owen Tudor Jones, yeah, yeah, I've he, heard of he's this. He's had yeah. some really good interviews with like ex players, you know. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you which one I listened to the other day. Um, was uh, you know, Ellis James, oh, hilarious, isn't he? And uh, Ewan Roberts. And they interviewed Simon Davis, who used to play for Everton, obviously, and Tottenham. That's a great, you know, listen to the way that he fell out of love with football and now he's back in coaching at Peterborough. Um, it was really interesting. Uh, but they've done plenty of good ones. A good one is with the lad um, Neil Taylor. From, in fact, it's that good they've done two. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and, it, you know, the contacts that he had because he's played with these guys. And he's quite a good, I mean, he's a, a present like he's some sort of presenter on their S4C now. Mm. Is your oh, I, I work with him on a on a Saturday sometimes. Uh, we travel together, uh, but they're really good. I'm not just saying that because he's my friend, but it, they're really good, interesting. You know, he gets a little bit more because he's played with them and knows them. Yeah, um, yeah. He gets a little bit more out of them. Yeah, I think I think um, you mentioned Ellis James there as well. One of my favourite and one of my yeah. you know, people who talk about football in general. He's got such a, a refreshing view on the game. You know, his love for Swansea oh, City is um, fantastic. Yeah, once you know him, he does get a little bit too much. <laughs> 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 he knows everything. Yeah. He knows everything. Oh, uh, see, I only, I only listen to him once for an hour a week on the podcast, you see. So that's it. That's it. I don't yeah. know. Oh, but... <laughs> Jim, listen to that podcast with him and Gabs here. And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, his, his encyclopedia on football is unbelievable, especially Welsh football. Mm. He's just, um, he's just unbelievable. In, in you know, going back sort of twenty years, uh, twenty five, even further back, he'll know and he'll mention things that. Well, how does he know? That he wasn't even alive. Yeah. <laughs> um. So he's he's really sort of clued up on it. 
there you go. Pardon TV recommendations from, from yeah. Kevin Ratcliffe just to, to start off. Um, but let's, let's have a chat about, about Everton then. And, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll call, yeah. <laughs> Again, my dad will absolutely kill me when he watches this, Kev. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll, be, yeah. he'll be annoyed at me. But yeah, let's... Um, this, this is the like time, football. Of course, <laughs> especially, especially you know, as as this time is, is showing us. But um, I suppose at this time of year, in, in particular, um, you must spend a lot of time reflecting on on the eighties and, and what's been going on. And I think I think more than more than ever, the club have have done really well in putting out videos and you know reflection. Obviously, oh, we've had the, the it seems to be the in thing, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It I seems mean, to be the in thing. Um, I, I did speak to somebody the other day, uh, and they said there's. You know, what is it? 30, uh, 30 odd years, isn't it, for the um, the game against QPR? Yeah. Um, at 35 years, I think. And uh, they were saying there's not much footage. Uh, and what footage they've got is not great. Yeah. Um, so, we, you know, when you think they have a goal from every angle these days, don't they? Um, and most probably find something to cancel it out with. But uh, it's. You know, I, I'm I'm not one for you know on this day. Uh, it's only recently because I've been on Twitter that I've actually known this. That you know, we, the, this day was the day that we beat QPR to win the league and blah blah blah, whatever. Um, it, it's never really you know. It it seems like maybe ten years ago, not thirty odd years ago. You know, that's yeah. a thing. That's a scary thing about it. Is that it was that long ago? Um, and don't know if it's today. Is it so many years since Wimbledon game? Yeah, it um, is. Yeah, yes. We, we beat, beat them three two after being two 0 down. And do you know what? I I just uh, I remember um, that game uh, in the fact that I think I was at Derby County, and believe it or not, I was playing snooker because uh, we had a game the next day. The Derby, and I was playing snooker with uh, Mark Pembridge, and I kept going out the room to try and find out the score um, and it was through that we were 2-0 down and I was like oh my god we're going down um, and that was like and then I seen footage of it today and I didn't realise that the Bullens Road was getting done wasn't it there was nobody yeah. in the Bullens Road and it was, yeah, a, it, was yeah. a, it was a it was a like a building site um, so atmosphere must have been oh, it, was the, it was the park end wasn't it weird, of course yeah. Yeah. yeah park end sorry not the yeah, Bullens yeah. Road um, the park end, and um, I'm just like, and then I look at the team, and I'm thinking, how's that team actually got in the position they were? Yeah, you know, Anders Limpar, Dave Watson, you know, I think Gary, it was Gary Ablett, Gary Ablett, um, Unzi, you know, Nevin Gold, Graham Stewart, um, and I'm thinking, Graham yeah. Stewart, and then you've got Tony Cotty and Paul Ryder up front. Now, what's going on there? Um, and then I looked on the bench, and there was Mike Walker. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, forgot, forgot about that. Yeah, I suppose that's the that's the thing about those two relegation games in the nineties is that you look at that side and you think, how how did they get in that position? And you sort of look at the one Especially a few years one. later. Yeah, and you look at the one a few years later, and then you think about them. How did they stay up? It's it's you know it's very similar yeah. memories, very similar days, yeah. but two completely yeah. different sides, really, in terms of quality. You you would have said that team against Wimbledon was a better team than the other side, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. It was in the relegation, and you just like, but it just shows you when you get in a rut. I don't think the ground must have helped. You know, just yeah. having three sides, 
you know, it must have been quite desolate to sort of play um, and experience no fans behind the goal. Um, so that, that could have been playing a part. But once you get into a rut, then it's hard to get. It's like it's like winning. When you get in the habit of winning, you win. Absolutely, yeah. 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 It's, it's the, the one thing I wanted to ask, you know, you said there, you know, you're not really one foot on this day and stuff like that. And do you know what? I'll, I'll bring this back to that, 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 that Sopranos podcast because I was listening to that. And they were saying at the start of it, that your dad will kill you. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna <laughs> fume at me. He's gonna be absolutely fuming at me. But you know, yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying myself. You seem to be enjoying yourself. We'll go yeah. with it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> they both said, um, Michael and Theory and Steve Sharippa, that they hadn't watched the show since it came out. They said this, right. this was the first time they watched it back, and they were finding nuances, and they were enjoying it. And yeah. with with all the stuff that's been going on recently in regards to Howard's Way and regards to the Almost yeah. Day stuff. Is that something you did in regards to your career? Did you, were there times where you just sat there and maybe you had like a Sunday afternoon and you didn't really, you know, have anything to do and something triggered your memory that you'd go back and watch highlights from a certain game or you'd go and read the, you know, I don't know what you've got in terms of memorabilia, but you get a shirt uh, of a particular yeah. game or a newspaper or... Uh, well, you know, you just, as, as if, yeah, as in watching it, I've not got a Betamax video anymore, so... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's hard to, to, to have a lot of VHS as well, yeah. but uh, no, I... Uh, the only time I sort of started reflecting on one or two things was when I uh, left Shrewsbury um, and I sort of stayed in and watched things that I'd never had time to watch um, and and just sat there for a couple of days watching stuff, you know, which was quite nice yeah. to really, you know, reflect on things. But as in cup finals, and you know, you've got, you've, you know, I, I did have a tape deck then, um, but video recorder or whatever but not really no I've never never sat there and, and looked um, mm. looked back and, and now it's even if I haven't even got a DVD player now so mm. <laughs> it's yeah. you know it's it, the world's changing um, yeah. you know you don't need as many I mean you used to have stacks of stuff didn't you you know high, yeah. hi-fi system and everything with amplifiers um, you know stacked up on one another in the corner um, I've still got mine but you don't need all that stuff now, you know, to get a quality sound. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah, no, I've never, never really looked back cup finals or, or whatever that we played in. Um, it's, uh, but yeah, I wouldn't even know where to start to look to stream <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And what, what's, what's it been like then recently? You know, like, like I said, with the Howard's Way film, which is, which is fantastic going back over it all again in more detail with oh. being on Twitter and, and seeing a lot of this stuff recently. I mean, is, do you, do you see the footage and you, you speak to the lads and you know you, you reflect on it all and think it's it's very much as you remember or, or do you watch those videos and pick up little new I, I think it's nice to know what other people were going through and what yeah. they thought um you know like inchi and and people like that that you haven't seen for years um it's it's interesting what they were thinking and what their thoughts were um but i've only watched it once um, mm. You know, if, if I was an actor, I don't know. I'd actually watch myself. <laughs> so maybe I get a little bit embarrassed about it. You know, the, yeah. oh, God, what have you said that for, or or this or any other? But um, yeah, interesting. It's uh, it, it does bring back things. I think you know, like everything, you could have been done better. Mm. You know, but that's only after it's all been done. There's only so much you can get in. I think he's done a tremendous job in the yeah. way that he's put football, he's put music together. Um, because that's what the the country was about, and Liverpool especially was about in Absolutely. the eighties was football, um, 
and you know you look back and people will say well you know how was it so great there wasn't that many watching games then but you've got to remember people couldn't afford to yeah you know there's a big depression going on and uh, you know that people weren't out of work they couldn't find work and how oh, we used to get so many followers on a Saturday I'm sure they were all bunking trains and bumming lefts from everybody yeah. and not even paying in and I'm sure they weren't because I remember us going to matches and uh, I think we were the first people to invent kit men um, mm. because they didn't realize that you know football club could have at least 20 or 30 kit men it was just the supporters waiting for us to get off the bus and carry our bags so they could yeah. get in for nothing <laughs> and they get into the tunnel and then they were off into the ground yeah. and I, I can't remember how many times that happened. You know, we had to be very, very careful leaving tickets, who we were leaving tickets for, um, uh, as in the name. So, you know, if I was leaving stuff for my dad, I could never leave it in his name. I'd have to leave it in somebody else's name because he'd always ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My dad's tickets. Um, and, you know, they were up to all sorts of tricks to try and get in. Um, like I say, just carrying the, you know, can I help you with the kit? Yeah. <laughs> the thing so probably because it was such a great side and people were so desperate to, to you know to watch us and to, to, to sample I think it was a this. Way out. Yeah, yeah i think it was a way out for people as well um you know not not like i said not just the football but the music as well mm. um you know the, the city was thriving in a different way in one way and then depriving in, a, in another and you know you had the riots and things like that um coming about so it, it was difficult times so how we did get that many supporters in anyway uh, but we didn't get many full houses in both seasons that we played and won the league. You know, it was... Um, I think that was I a trend in football in general then, wasn't it? It seemed to be, you know, you look at some of the attendances from, from any game at that point, and you think, what, what on earth is going on? But I think it sort of yeah. feeds into what you're saying about the, yeah. the economic climate of, of the city, and particularly the, the northwest at that point. Yeah, and the game's changed now. Um, you know, I, I've looked at a couple of retro games lately, but they've been Welsh games. They, on, a, on BBC Wales, they have uh, one on a Saturday afternoon. And I think last week was uh, Wales v England at Wrexham in 1984. Mark Hughes' first game. The one after that, um, a couple of weeks before, that was when we beat Germany 1-0 at, at Cardiff, uh, Cardiff Arms Park. And the big significant thing for me from then is today is the state of the pitches. Hmm. The bobbles on the pitch. Yeah. Um, and I think Danny Gabidon never mentioned it um, when he was doing a podcast with Ellis James. And he was on about, um, you know, the, the lack of football from the back. But he never said why. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. You know, you know, that ball, you know, never rolling the ball out to you was unheard of unless it was in wide positions. Um, because, you know, it'd be bobbling. Even if he rolled it, he'd be bobbling. And then I seen footage of Duncan McKenzie doing that little dribble against Stoke City at Goodison. And people couldn't get near him. And I looked at the pitch and the ball was bouncing everywhere. So, you know, your better players would play in this day because it'd be a lot easier on the pitches that you're playing on. They're training on better pitches than what sure. we played on. So, you know, and that's why the game's quicker. Um you know, and that, but it was, it was, it was, and you had to play a different style of football, you know, because you had to get the ball forward early, you know, make the other defenders make the mistakes and not you. So. Was that, was that something that was drilled into you guys by, by Howard as well, in regards to what you said? Was, was he sort of somebody who had an all-encompassing 
ideology in regards to how he wanted that team to play? Or was he happy for, for lads who were comfortable to play out to, to do it or lads who weren't comfortable to do he, it? Did he, did he sort of have an individual? I think it was times and places that you did and when you didn't. Um, you know, a lot easier because it was the, you know, the pass-back rule was different, wasn't it? You could yeah. pass it back to the keeper. Um, and that's one of the reasons I had a 100% pass rate. <laughs> Uh, it's just passing it to Nev and back and getting it yeah. back off him, just wasting time, you know. Imagine um, one of those pitch pitch maps now. You know, I actually think I actually think that's the best rule that's actually come into to football. Mm. The best, the pass back rule. I think it's improved the game so much. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it, it it's changed. But he was. Um, I, I would come in. It's the first time. I would actually said that he changed the way that he wanted you to defend, as in squeezing up um, and and dropping. Um, and I, if if you think about it, when he was there, when I actually sort of got into the side um, with it, me and Iggy, and then a little bit later on, after about six months, if you if you think about it, even though we weren't doing well, that that back four never really changed mm. that much. I think there was only Hig. Um, the Derek that come in for Higgy yeah. when he got injured. But other than that, the side stayed the same at the back. And I think he was quite comfortable because we took on board what he was trying to say. You know, coaches, as in when to squeeze, when to drop. Um, and, you know, he was getting the keeper as well and Nev was coming into it where he was reading the situation because the problem you've got, if there's a big gap between your defenders and your keeper, the keeper's got to be in the right position. Sure. And the last thing you want is he's got to know how quick you are or how slow you are uh, if you're going to get to the ball yeah. or does he need to get there? And uh, yeah, in, uh, me and Nev had a great understanding with that because usually I was the last man of defence anyway um, uh, and getting back and he knew that if I was going to get there or not. Um, so that, that was Howard. You know, it's just getting the right blend, I think, in midfield that changed everything. Once he cracked that, Howard, we just went on. Yeah, you know, and so you got the midfield right, and uh, I think sometimes you've got to be a little bit fortunate and lucky in whatever you do uh, as a manager, whichever manager you are. There's a certain amount of luck, uh, and then it just turns around, and you just wonder how the hell did we get in that position? Yeah. You know, in the bottom six, um, and then the, that year we're actually getting into two cup finals. Yeah, the rest is history, so to speak, yeah. in, in that regard. Yeah, so, so, yeah. so close, so close to maybe the manager losing his job. Yeah, um, and if if he does lose his job, that doesn't happen. Then Crazy. two FA Cup finals, and leagues don't happen. Nothing. Sliding doors moments, indeed. Uh, yeah, th- yeah. There's, there's there's a couple of things I wanted to ask you about. Um, the first one you sort of touched upon there in regards to uh, when you first broke into the team. Obviously, you came through the club's academy, um, got into the side. Was there was there a point or a game or a moment in particular where? you sort of stopped being a fan and became an Everton player. I mean, was there a point where you stood at Goodison Park or you were playing or you were in the tunnel where you sort of took it all in a little bit and had a look around and thought, I'm, I'm no. doing this now, I'm living the dream? Or was it quite a seamless transition? Um, well, first and foremost, you're always a fan. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, it's just a big bonus that you're getting, actually playing and captaining. Um, I come through the apprentice system um, the old apprentice, not the academy. Uh, academy is completely different. I don't know how many years it's over now. Um, the, the apprentice system, you know, worked for me. I quite liked it. Um, the way that I got through it, 
uh, it was tough. It's a lot tougher than what these guys get now. Yeah. As in, you know, you're not just going in uh, to be a footballer. You're actually cleaning boots, and um, it was tough. It was brutal at times. Brutal. They were the, the, you know, the pressure put in, being put on you, uh, and the philosophy in that is high pressure, uh, rollickings here, there, and everywhere. Things that you can't do now. Um, seeing what you can take because it's no good you being soft um, and then having to go out and perform in front of 40,000 and uh, you've been molly cuddled and then all of a sudden the ball comes to you and somebody's shouting from this top stand, get hold of it! Yeah. <laughs> With a few words in the middle. Um, you know, that is, yeah, it, it's something else and that's what it's in. It's there to, to build you up, to become, you know, tolerant to it, to, to get through it and, uh, you know, my upbringing with Colin Harvey right the way through was, uh, you know, it was tough. But, you know, what it was, you know, when you look back, you realise what he was up to. Yeah. It turned you into the man as quickly as possible. Yeah. And I suppose it's, you talked about that transition from being becoming a first-team player in that regard. You spent your space on the side and then you were, you were captain very quickly. Um, you were captain at a young age. And what what was it like for you at that age to be sort of in command, if you will, on a side that had so many big personalities yeah. within the dressing room? Was, yeah. was it was it hard to make that? I mean, you said that you're always a fan, and that transition was quite easy. But there must have been some yeah. challenges from making that transition to being first team player, young player, cementing yourself in the side to yeah. being captain of the side. Yeah, well, I, you know, I was captain right the way through, really, as in a youth team. I was a captain. Um, and then uh, with the reserves and then with the first team. But, you know, I think I played in the first team. And I think Stevie Mack, when Stevie Mack was with us, got in a captaincy. I think he was one of the, I think he was one of the youngest captains to be um, uh, of Everton uh, uh, until, I think, Tom Davis become the youngest captain. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think Stevie had gone and everything and, there was a new influx of players and everything. And then I remember getting the armbands at one game when Iggy wasn't playing pre-season game. And I was just looking around me sort of saying, you know, what have they done wrong? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, with them lads, I was, I was 22. Um, and these lads were like 28. Hmm. So and maybe in the long run, Howard was thinking more about the future rather than the uh, present time. Whereas them players wouldn't be around, mm. you know, your David Johnsons. They were they weren't part of his plan. I don't think long term. They were part of his plan just to, you know, get things going and and then turn it around. And it certainly, you know, ended up that way as well because a lot of them players that were there when we won the title and went to the FA Cup finals, they weren't around. Mm. Uh, they'd gone. You know, Howard had uh, sort of changing things around slowly. Yeah. You know, bringing in your Kevin Sheedy's, your Alan Harpers, and that. Uh, uh, Trevor Stevens um, and just add into it you know but uh, you know Reedy wasn't even a first teamer then yeah um, he, he never got in until uh, the year that we got to the cup final the, in the November he never really broke into the side uh, Coventry City at home he got an opportunity to come on as sub um, and he, I don't think he missed a game after that and if he did it would only be one or two mm. um, so he wasn't part of that and you sort of say you know, looking at him, you're looking at Andy. If they were there, you know, six months earlier, who's to say they might not have been captains? Mm. 
because uh, they were captain material. Absolutely. Yeah. So when 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 you're when you're a youngsters coming through, you know they've come into a side, they've accepted me as captain. But you know we had, we had a few more captains on that field. Yeah. You know them them too, and uh, I think you know when you've got somebody like Kevin Sheedy and Graham Sharp and people like that who are strong minded, you know they they you know they they didn't just sit back and take everything. They 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 had an opinion. Brace comes in, you know, he has an opinion as well. So, you know, all that makes, um, you know, it's managing it as a manager, managing it as a captain, but it, it, it's easy when you've got all the captains on the field as well and in the changing room. And just the, the final thing, and that obviously the armband emboldened you and improved you as a, as a footballer. In the dressing room and on the training pitch and in all those, you know, things we couldn't see as the supporters and everything he's couldn't see, did that, did that change you in any way? Did you feel as though you had to act differently now you were the captain, maybe show a bit more maturity, no. be no. the voice in the dressing room? No, you just, just carried on being no. the same? No, I was... Um, any, before the game, I was most probably one of the quietest people in the changing room. Hmm. Um, as they say these days, you know, focusing on the game. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I don't think we use that word focused in them days. There must have been another word for it because there's there's words for some, you know, the high press, <laughs> things yeah. like that. There's a, there was a, you know, there was loads of different terminology when you're coming up. It just seems a, a modern world with modern, you know, modern language. Um, but no, I was dead quiet in the changing room and sort of thinking about the game and thinking about who I was playing against, what he does good, what, you know, what, what strong points has he got. Um, uh, and really, you know, thinking about dominating who I was playing against, really. Um, and I, I think that was most of the lads. There was a, you know, John Bailey was like the the joker. Uh, mm. Even when he wasn't playing, he'd be around. You know, that Howard brought him in as a coach after he'd been up to Newcastle and that. And I think he'd been to Bristol and he brought him in as a coach. And that's what he brought him in for, you know, for that relaxation and playing the playing the joker really in and around the changing room and uh, I, I think that was important but when you've got like a team of jokers um, sure. that's what we were uh, we'd always be looking for practical jokes to do on each other match days maybe not as much you know there might be something um, but we all knew what the you know what was what was to be done on the pitch, and you couldn't be yeah. messing about before. What you didn't want to do, you didn't want to give the, the manager any ammunition to actually have a go at you after the game, yeah. or be, you know at half time, uh, because that's what you've done before the game. Um, so yeah, we were all sort of building up to the to the Saturday, just like the lads do now, I'm sure, but in a different way. You know, you all approach games in different way, and um, you know, not not. Every one person is the same. Everybody's different. You know, you listen to different music, and you know, unfortunately, we had to listen to Nev's music. And <laughs> you know. Surely, as captain, you could have said, turn that off. Don't fancy that. I just it didn't bother me. I just used to laugh. <laughs> you <know>? but, <laughs> just used to laugh at him, sort of, because uh, you, you know he's a wind-up merchant, and yeah. uh, you know, seeing how far he can go before somebody reacts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. brilliant stuff, brilliant. Uh, great memories. Um, Kevin, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much okay. for, for taking the time out to, to have a chat with us. And uh, listen to that Sopranos podcast and let me know what you think, and I'll do the same yeah, what, with The Stranger. What, what, um, what was their reaction of it all? Did they? Uh, was it based on it? A, a true family or...? 
I don't think so. No, I don't think. No. I don't think so. It was all, but it's it's well worth a listen. Honestly, it's um, yeah. for your hour for your hour of exercise or outdoor activity a day. Yeah, it's, it's called Talking Sopranos. It's, it's well worth a go. Talking Sopranos, and they talk about each episode. Yeah, they go yeah. through each episode, and, and you know, yeah. it would have been great for, for, for you watching it recently, for, like to listen to. It. They're only on like episode six currently, but they're doing them quite regular. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, we're not, <laughs> I'm not going to go through every episode. Oh, no, no, no. Maybe, yeah. maybe give it a maybe give it a, a couple and, of years. And have they done anything? Have they done uh, anything since? So, I don't. I don't know. I think it's just sort of made them for their life, hasn't it? But yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very so tight because, now, aren't they? In that regard. Yeah, yeah. You you look at them and you're thinking, oh, <laughs> you, they can't really do too much. But it was just. I just thought it was very interesting because it wasn't just about mafia; it was about home life and yeah, in other oh, way. But it, the the one thing about these mafia stories, they always make them out to be heroes. Yeah, well, they talk about that, innit? Yeah, they're thugs. Yeah. Yeah. They're absolute thugs and mentalists. They're just anti-hero, like, yeah. He's an anti-hero, yeah, yeah, isn't he? Terry Soprano, yeah. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're just like, you are an absolute nutcase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but this has been wonderful chat. Um, Kev, as I said, thanks very much for taking right, the time out. Um, thanks for everyone who's watched this as well. Hope you're enjoying the videos here on the Blue Room during the lockdown. Uh, do check out all of our other content. And uh, we'll speak to you again very soon. Progressive presents Don't do it yourself Okay, simple enough Just gotta get in there with my screwdriver Do you mind handing me my screwdriver? Are you trying to say screwdriver? Well, I mean, you're saying it weird But yeah, sure Look, maybe we should bundle our home and auto with Progressive We could save big And pay someone to install this for us So you don't have to pretend you can (laughs) I know my way around a screwdriver Oh yeah, this is gonna take a Philippe's head for sure Save when bundling home and auto with Progressive and use the money to, you know, not do it yourself. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Sports Social Podcast Network.